1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The possibility of B teams in the SPFL is back in the spotlight after Rangers float a reconstruction innovation paper. They also sealed their second summer signing in Calvin Bassey from Leicester at the weekend. And Neil Lennon is named the SWFA Manager of the Year. I'm Andrew McLean. Plenty of stories to get through from over the weekend and today. And joining me from home is Hugh Keevans. Well, B-teams get an A-plus from me, Andrew. I think it's a good idea. I think that uh, this proposal about to be put forward by Rangers contains elements of redemption, relocation and revolution. Redemption for Hearts, Partick, Thistle and Stranraer. Relocation for Broda Rangers and Kelty. And revolution in the form of Celtic and Rangers young men going into the bottom tier of the SPFL. All good for me. Well, it gets a thumbs up from Hugh Keevans, but I know there's plenty of you out there who may disagree as well. So make sure to get in touch. 0141 951 1025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. So this was another story that cropped up over the weekend. It was uh, Rangers putting forward a, a new idea or a, an innovation paper, as it's been called, um, for league reconstruction, something. Uh, they've presented the clubs and will continue to do so. It comes in the form of a 14-14-18 league setup, which means obviously moving from four tiers to three tiers. Similar has been discussed previously, but the big difference in this one is, of course, that Rangers and Celtic would both have B teams in the bottom division of this new setup. We'll go more in depth in a second, Hugh. But you know, we've heard arguments of Colt teams and B teams in the SPFL before. Did you have a different stance before to to Colt teams and B teams than you did after after looking at this proposal? No, no, I've always been in favour of the idea. Uh, I think it would bring colour to the lower league. Let's be honest, we're not talking about a a fantastically high standard of football or a fantastically attractive level of football for spectators in the, the, the bottom tier. So I think that the arrival of Celtic and Rangers young men would enliven the whole scene. And all of Scottish football is about to take a, a leap into the dark because of COVID-19. And if we're about to take that leap of faith Let's try everything then. Let's try the, the revolutionary tactic of bringing in Celtic and Rangers young men. Well, this innovation paper is about 20 pages long, so I won't be able to read out the full thing to you. But if I bring you a, full of the bu- a few of the bullet points, sorry, just to, to go through the and highlight exactly what Rangers are proposing here, it is that both old firm B-sides would go into the third uh, of three tiers they would pay £125,000 in a joining fee with further payments made in each of the following three campaigns that money would then go to third tier clubs, it would reduce by £25,000 each term in an initial four year deal, so for example it would be £125,000 the first year, £100,000 the next year, so on and so forth. So the entire plan is worth a total of about £1.2 million in new finance to those clubs. The Rangers and Celtic B teams can only get promoted as high as the Championship, so it means that we won't be seeing them uh, in the Premiership at all, and their players will have an age limit of 21 years old. The old firm will purchase at least 200 tickets at a cost of £15 for each away game with the money paid in advance. They'll also pay £1,000 to stream each of those matches as well. Other Premiership clubs aren't completely excluded. They can apply to have B teams as well, but that would 
start in the Highland League or the Lowland League they wouldn't be able to start in this current version of the innovation paper they wouldn't be able to start in the SPFL they would go into the Highland or the Lowland League and that would be a £25,000 joining fee as well and of course as you mentioned earlier Hugh the proposal would have Kelty and Brora Rangers in the SPFL as well is there any, any highlights for you in there personally? Uh, I think that at this particular time any additional money for clubs in the bottom tier is surely to be welcome uh, the idea of buying 200 tickets for away matches I'm sure 200 Celtic and Rangers fans would take those up and see how their young men are coming along uh, so for me Andrew it's positive it's innovative as Rangers call it their innovation paper uh, but of course, with Scottish football, there's a chaotic element attached to it because we are running out of time before our new season begins, hopefully on the 1st of August. But it wouldn't be Scottish football if there wasn't a bit of chaos thrown in. Well, do you agree at home? 01419511025 if you want to let us know our th- uh, let us know your thoughts. Sorry, Andy is a Rangers fan in Finiston. That's the number he's dialed. Andy, what do you think of this proposal? Hi, well, at first I was the, uh, the reconstruction thing, but when I heard about the Rangers and Celtic, uh, I mean, I used to run a, a couple of school teams and that, and I'm all for anything that helps any young player to get better and, you know, to get a chance to play better football. And as you, I heard you say there about the money, that's absolutely brilliant. But I was going to ask you uh, yourself, do we know where Rangers and Celtic play their home games? I mean, I think there's still a lot that is to be decided in this. That is one of the things. This is just the, the early stages of, of that proposal that I'm not sure Celtic Rangers have, have thought that far in advance. Or, or they may have, it's just not in the proposal at the moment. Well, again, Andrew, it, it's an easy one. You know, if they want to play their home matches at Celtic and uh, Celtic Park and Ibrooks, if that is able to be done, then why not let the young men play there? and let the opposition have the thrill of playing at Celtic Park or Ibrox, or else you could hire out a ground, you know, Airdrie's ground, for example, or Broadwood, or whatever. Whatever gets this off the ground, we need to be flexible now. We're, we're about to go into a season of utter weirdness, and if Rangers can get this innovation paper accepted by the other clubs, then where Celtic and Rangers play their home matches is not the most important thing. If they're taking 200 uh, tickets for away games, fans will go. Wherever they play their home matches, fans will go as well. That's right. That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I think it's just great. I really think it's good for Scottish football as well. You know, and if they can play in a bigger stadium, whether the clubs can you know, split the money, you know, if they might get might see a fourth. 5,000 even at so many games. Well, you know, I read one negative comment, Andy, this morning from Jim McAnally, the Peterhead manager, who said it's not his job at Peterhead or the job of any other manager at any other bottom-tier club to help the development of Celtic and Rangers youngsters. Fair enough. Of course it's not your job. Your job is to make sure that Peterhead don't lose to Celtic and Rangers young men and that's why I think it will bring a healthy competitive element to it because if Celtic and Rangers can win promotion uh, into the championship but can't go any higher then it's your job at Peterhead or anywhere else to make sure they don't win promotion so competition's healthy 
you know, people will be happy with, you know, Celtic and Rangers fans, a lot of them will be happy with the fact that, you know, their younger players will be able to, to develop and, and get this men's football. But could you see the other side of the argument for lower league clubs that feel that, you know, it could devalue their league? They don't want to be seen as, you know, just providing fodder for the likes of Rangers and, and Celtic to, you know, just test their development players out and, you know, if they feel it, it may devalue it and become a, a sort of development league. You know, Andy uh, on the line and myself maybe the only two in the country who think this way, but I can't see how it devalues the league at all because it's a sparsely attended league to begin with. I think they bring supporters. I think they bring additional interest. I think they bring additional competition because Celtic and Rangers Colts will be instructed by Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard to remember that they are representing Celtic and Rangers and Celtic and Rangers want to win and they want to get promotion out of the bottom tier. Therefore, it's up to those who are there to rise to that challenge as well. For me, it's all positive. You've mentioned about the crowds and Andy mentioned it as well. Surely there's no guarantee that you know Celtic and Rangers fans will turn up in their droves to these matches because they have had... You know, teams in the Turnix Cannibal Wafer Cup games that have been Colt teams, which, you know, it's not as if there has been 5,000 fans that have, have turned up for those games. With the greatest respect to Mr. Turnock and his Carmel Wafers, uh, this is a bit higher level of competition. This is a, a, a prize at the end of it in the form of promotion. Uh, and I think that people will accept that this is a different, innovative, road that Celtic and Rangers want to go down and I think people will go. Uh, you know, the Celtic fans, for example, uh, have raved about Karamoko Dembele for a long time. Now, if you get the chance to watch Karamoko Dembele on a regular level, uh, then I'm sure a lot of Celtic fans will take up that offer. I mean, there would probably also be Celtic fans that think, you know, Karamoko Dembele shouldn't be playing in the third tier of Scottish football. I can understand that, and uh, you know they've seen him play at the highest level, domestically speaking, with Celtic, and they'll be looking for him to improve still further. He's getting slightly older now; he, he, he's developing physically. Uh, and if Neil Lennon thinks that on any given Saturday, Karamoko Dembele should be with the Celtic first team in the squad for uh, a Premiership match, then. That's his prerogative. But on the Saturdays when he feels that Karamoko Dembele should be continuing his development at another level, again, that's the manager's prerogative. Well, thank you to Andy in Finiston. Next up, Chris is a Celtic fan in Irvine. Chris, what are your thoughts? All right, um, basically, right, my thoughts are on something a wee bit different. Um, it's made back in 2012 when Dunfermline got relegated. They wanted to be Club 12, but Dundee became Club 12. And under that, that formula, should Hearts not be in Dun, no matter what, they're relegated. So if the leagues get reconstructed, Hearts should still be gone Dun. Well, I mean, that's I... not how it works. Not how it works. And I, I, I don't know why you would pick on Hearts in that fashion. You know, if if the Rangers paper does not get support, Hearts do go down, and there will always be an element of regret about that because. All of the league matches were not finished and they still had the arithmetical possibility of staying up. But if Rangers' innovation paper should get support and does 
become the new structure of Scottish football, then what's wrong with keeping the third or fourth best supported club in the country with their terrific stadium? What's wrong with keeping them at the forefront? Chris, is there more good enough? They're not good enough. They simply are not good enough. They've they've been dire. There's a reason they're at the bottom of the league. Chris, is there, is there not a, a good... Chris, is there not a difference here that you know that this season wasn't able to be completed? And you know yeah. you might have thought that Hearts right. were dire, and you might have thought that they deserve to be bottom of the table. But there was still eight games left of the season. I do get that, but they struggled against Hamilton, and the teams run about where they were. So I just I don't think that we're going to actually get out of that position. Well, again, I, I, I invite you, Chris, to look at the bigger picture here. We're about to enter the greatest period of uncertainty that Scottish football has ever known in its entire history. Better to bring along with us a club with a magnificent stadium, a magnificent support, and yes, they were rubbish at the point at which the season was brought to a close. But that is not to say that at the start of next season, they will not have improved, they'll have brought in a good calibre of player, and that they will be a much improved side. As I say, if Rangers' paper does not get support, hearts are out and they're into the second tier of Scottish football. However, if Rangers' plan does get support and hearts stay, then I think that that's a positive thing in general terms for Scottish football. Chris? Uh, well, I just, I just think basically, I can't see Hearts being any better next year. I really can't. Um, the they waited too long with the whole Craig Levine thing to move on, find a new manager. That's why Hearts have gone down. It took them too long to get things figured out. Hibs were in basically the same situation, and and they get things sorted out. Chris, do you remember when Leicester City shocked the entire football world by winning? the English Premier League title against the Arsenals, the Man Cities, the Liverpools, uh, the Man Uniteds. The season before, Leicester had been mediocre. And then came Ranieri and Vardy and everything changed. That's how football works. I just, uh, I, don't, I don't see it with hearts. I really don't. I really don't. I mean, Partick party Fissel, they, they had a slight chance with the game in Horn and stuff like that, so I can see their argument, but Hearts just, I, I don't see it with them. I'm going, to, I'm going to have to give you another history lesson here. Do you remember 20 years ago when Martin O'Neill came in to your club? The season right. that the season that, that had ended saw Rangers beat Celtic to the title by 21 points. The following season... Martin O'Neill won the league for Celtic by something like 16, 17 points. That's how football changes in the twinkling of an eye. Chris? Uh, well, that, that's... Celtic spent a lot when Martin came in, and in fairness, we, we signed some really decent players. I just don't see half doing that. I really don't. I just, I just don't. But you're not getting the big picture aspect here. You know, I do we, get we the need fact that things can change. I do. I completely get that, but I just I don't see it. I really don't. Well, you know, as I say, the big picture here is that if it is a plan that is fully supported by all of the clubs, 
then Hearts would be welcome because they've got a big ground, they've got a big support, they've got a big tradition, and they have the chance to be better than they were. Uh, but if the plan fails, then Hearts go into the second tier of Scottish football and you'll be a happy man. Well, thank you to Chris and Irvin. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. Um, obviously, the people have their differing opinions on this, Hugh. You seem quite positive about this innovation paper, but one potential sticking point is the fact that a lot of lower league clubs have already been against you know, the, the league system changing from four divisions to three divisions. And yep. not only at this, you've then got a Celtic B team, a Rangers B team coming in. Could those clubs then potentially look at those B teams as just another hurdle for them to try to have to get over to get to where they want to be? Well, Andrew, the word democracy uh, has been much used this summertime and no wonder. Uh, This has been the summer of the vote, the summer of the proposal, the summer of self-interest and all of these factors will come into play if and when Rangers' innovation paper goes to the vote. If the, the majority want it, will have it and if the majority don't want it then it's as you were and Hearts Partick Thistle Stranraer go down and Kelty and Brora stay where they are People are always quite wary when you mention Colt teams or, or B teams it's always been the case over the years that you know clubs in the lower leagues are you know they're, they're suspicious about it or they just don't like the, the notion of it but it, it's a new idea in terms of Scotland but when you look across the continent, it, it's actually quite a, a common thing and it's laid out in this innovation paper where you know, Rangers talk about the fact that I think it maybe says about 75% of big European leagues allow for B teams somewhere in their league system. They talk about the likes of Spain, Portugal, Croatia. High percentages of their senior national sides have all played B team level football at some point. So you know, people will be, will be wary because it's something new, but it does work abroad in you know some quarters anyway it's that old scottish characteristic ah what's in it for them celtic and rangers what's in it for them well i think what's in it for them is that their young men get a chance to play competitive football i think for supporters who want to see how these young men are developing there's a chance to to go and watch uh, rangers and celtic colts and i just think it enlivens the scene at a time when we have to be all about a leap of faith, a leap into the dark, the most uncertain time ever in Scottish football, you might as well try it and see how it goes. 01419511025, lower league fans, fans of lower league clubs, I'd, I'd like to hear from you on this. Is this something you'd be for, something you'd be against? And what are your reasons for it? 01419511025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. We'll get more calls after the travel. Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Experienced players who know how to win Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans is joining us from home It's me Andrew McLean in the studio And the number you need is 01419511025 And we'll go straight to the phones Because Bill in Jordan Hill I think you've got a, a bit of a bone to pick, don't you? Yes, yes um, It was just uh, Mr Keevans About 10 years ago I advocated uh, putting the Celtic and B, team, B teams into the bottom league in Scotland. And I put it to Mr Cavens at the time, and he poo-hooed the idea. Now it seems as if he's done an absolute somersault. 
in approving it. I don't necessarily agree that the, the Colt teams should go down there and uh, be purely purely up against what I would say is probably the, the lower the lower able football players. I think the bottom league should be totally youth. And I think that the teams who are there at the moment should scrap the players they've got, have, have youth teams in there, and uh, employ the top coaches with the money they're going to save by having to pay other players. I'm st- uh, Bill, just explain that bit to me again. You want those who are not Celtic or Rangers to scrap their playing staff, play youth players, and also employ top-class managers. Do I do I hear you correctly? Top-class coaches. Top-class coaches. The money they would save by paying the players they currently have could be used to employ top-class coaches. And, and over a period of time, they will start to produce players at a higher level, uh, give more opp- opportunity to youth, and... Further along the line, they could probably sell these players on, make money, give money back to the community that they're in. What top-class coaches do you think will be queuing up to go into the third tier of Scottish football? How many, how many uh, young coaches or how many coaches are currently employed in bringing through youth teams and are quite you, successful at doing it? You use the expression top-class coaches. No top-class coach has the ambition to work in the third tier of Scottish football. And well, if, I, if I disagreed with the idea 10 years ago, I think it is a, the right of any individual, you or me, to have a change of mind. And my change of mind is partially based on, Bill, this being the most uncertain time in the history of Scottish football where, as I've said, we're all taking a leap into the dark. And this innovative idea seems right to me at this particular time. But no top-class coach is going to Annan Athletic or anywhere else in the bottom tier of Scottish football. They are dealing with the cards they have been dealt at the moment and the money that Celtic and Rangers are offering to pay them as an admission fee for the Colts that will come in very handy. Bill, do you realistically think that teams in the bottom tier of Scottish football would just want to scrap all their senior players and, and throw in the kids? Well, it's time, I think, for revolution in Scottish football. I mean, for for over 100 years, these teams who are languishing at the bottom of the, the top two divisions, the, the bottom two divisions in Scotland, have been languishing there for years and years. They have no ambition to try and get any further forward. So it's time something new was involved. Well, well, this Colts idea or B-team idea that's being proposed is a, a new idea for Scotland and it is getting youth players a chance to play in those divisions against senior players to learn their trade. Is that? Do you not agree with that? Yes, it's good that they're, they're able to, to come up against other players. Maybe, maybe somewhere along the lines of half of the team being youth, youth players and half of the team being pros there. It would still come around to the same idea that youth is given the opportunity to advance, which it certainly isn't at the moment. Scottish football now has an unemployment register that is frightening. 
Fraser Wishart, our friend on this programme and the leader of PFA Scotland, must be a deeply worried man when he looks at the number of unemployed footballers, the length and breadth of the country. Therefore, he and others would be appalled at you saying, just get rid of all your players and bring in youth players. We've got an unemployment list the length of Sucky Hall Street. We've got players looking for employment. We don't want to throw more on the scrap heap. Final point well, to you, one Bill. of the top coaches in Scotland has said, Gordon Strachan has said that the bottom, the bottom tier of Scottish football has never produced any players of any, any great ability. That's, that, that's not the point. That what I'm saying to you is, Scottish football now has a huge unemployment list. Clubs have started to shed players because of the effects of the COVID-19 crisis. Therefore, you do not add more and more unemployed players to that list. We're looking to re-employ players, not to make them redundant. And on that final point as well, Andy Robertson came from Queen's Park in the bottom tier of Scottish football and has done not too badly for himself. Um, but thank you very much to Bill from Jordan Hill, 01419511025 on the phones. Another uh, sort of proposal being put forward uh, in this innovation paper by Rangers are uh, the chance for strategic partnerships, which uh, look as if they, they, they may have a bit of backing. There are certainly clubs that are interested in this, Hugh, and that's where uh, premiership clubs can link up with one other lower league club. And what they can do is they can share... Uh, six players they can basically loan six players to this lower league side and also a coach as well and a sort of minimum three year commitment um, which is something a bit different as well I think the maximum amount of loans uh, in Scotland at the moment that you can get from one club is four or certainly it is just four domestic loans um, but th- this is a bit different where clubs will actually be able to link up with another club have you know send up to six players on loan and a coach as well to sort of oversee things yeah, again, Andrew, the sceptics will say ah, Celtic and Rangers have got lots of players and lots of coaches. They're saturated by them uh, and therefore it's easy for them. Well, so what if that is the case? We are in the business now of trying to re-energise Scottish football at a time when we're worried about the immediate future of Scottish football. So let's try and put scepticism to one side And let's not think of this as being an elitist idea put forward by Rangers and backed up by Celtic. Let's think of this as a good, practical, sound idea that might help to jolly things along at a time when we really need that. Looking at the specifically at the strategic partnerships there's obviously good points in the fact that you know clubs will be able to loan out more players to to Scottish clubs, premierships will clubs will be able to. But the fact that you know a club could have six players on loan from a Premiership club, do you think fans would maybe find that a bit strange that you know that they're loaning in six players and a coach from another club that they might just have a bit of a, a feeder club feel to them rather than you know maybe losing a bit of identity almost? Well, you know, I don't think they'd be loaning out Musa Dembele. Eh, Musa Dembele. What am I talking about? Odson Edward uh, or Alfredo Morelos? You know, it'll be. Again, development-level players. Um, I'm trying, Andrew, with every fibre of my being to be positive about this because for weeks we have 
worried ourselves over the immediate future of Scottish football and how many clubs we might have. Will we actually have 42 clubs by the time the coronavirus ends? By the time football has spectators back inside its grounds? Let's be open-minded to ideas of this type. Maybe not all of them will be acceptable. Maybe you'll have to drop one or two. Maybe strategic partnerships might have to be the factor that is left out so that the idea is accepted. But let's not close our minds to this. 01419511025 on the phones. Davy is a Rangers fan up next. He's in Hamilton. Davy? Hi, it's... I was listening to Hugh and uh, some of the panels, uh, some of the, the phone calls. But you know what, when they're talking about the B, a B team for Rangers and a B team for, for Celtic, but you know, but you know, be better to, to start back the, the reserve league, which would give what you would say Rangers B team, Rangers uh, Celtic's B team. But basically, it would be like a, a reserve league. I mean. You know, it would give all these, these players who are sitting on the sidelines a chance to show and uh, progress into, the, into the, the, the top team. I mean, Hugh, we've had, you know, reserve leagues in the past and iterations of reserve leagues since. And I think reserve leagues were maybe a bit more prominent back in the day when, you know, if players didn't play on a Saturday, they were pretty much guaranteed to play in the reserve league years ago. That's just not the way it works these days. And you know, they... ah, but they're not be better than say, like say, an A team for who's only going to start the same old paraphernalia Rangers and Celtic meeting, you know, and then it's a, the same again. It's either one or other. It's again, again, you know, Davy, Davy, we have to deal in practical matters. And clubs out with Celtic and Rangers who are in the Premiership, the St Mirrens, the Hamilton Ackies, the Livingstons, uh, they're not in a position to to field reserve teams and to have that old reserve league that you and I remember when players, players graduated from the reserves to the first team and went on to become legends at Celtic and Rangers. The, the, it, it's not there now we're, we're, we're struggling at the moment um, we're trying to keep clubs afloat we're trying to think of the best way to carry things forward and a premiership reserve league it, it is not a practical step that we're able to take at the moment I know but what I was saying it falls into that category what we're talking about if you think about it a Rangers B team and a Celtic B team and then the rest you know, I mean, it's falling into that same sort of category, you know. But I mean, they have had yeah, that it, in, it, in recent years, Davey. But I, I think clubs, Premiership clubs, have actually pulled their teams out of these development leagues that they've been called in recent times because they feel the standard isn't high enough. I know specifically Rangers did it a couple of years ago where they pulled their development side out of the Scottish Development League and they wanted to set up friendlies against, you know, under-23 sides from down south because they felt it was a better standard and their players would learn more from playing against players who were at that level. Right. I know. But what I was saying, there must be players, uh, even in the, the under-18s and so forth, so, so, so far, that Rangers and Celtic. I mean, uh, it's. I don't know. I, I think a sort of reserve thing like that, a reserve league like that, would would 
would enhance a lot of players. Because you would know as well, the reserve, uh, yeah. back when, when, when the old games were on in the reserve league, there, there were some cracking, cracking players who progressed into, into the top tier. You know but what I mean? Not to say, that's not to say, Davey, that you cannot send out Celtic and Rangers, Colts, um, to the, the bottom tier and they won't develop in the same way. Uh, you know, it... it must be beneficial in the eyes of Rangers and Celtic because they favour this idea. And I don't think they favour ideas that will be bad for them. But we have to try something new at the moment. And we can't have the old-style reserve league because those out with Celtic and Rangers don't have the resources and don't have the players to meet the requirements. Well, thank you to Davey in Hamilton. 0141 1025 on the phone lines Let's hear from Ross County Chairman Roy McGregor He's speaking to Sky Sports He says he thinks it's uh, time has run out For any reconstruction to go through He says there's interesting points in the innovation paper That should be discussed But he can't see anything changing with the season Kicking off in August I read the, the Rangers one And there's a lot, a lot in that that is good But I mean, we're going to have a fixture In three weeks time You know, So I'm only uh, Me and I think other clubs should only be concentrating At the moment Try to get training back, you know, to get contact training back and, and to get match, you know, games going. We only have maybe seven weeks to the start of the season. So I just think to think of reconstruction at a time where the Scottish football environment has been stressed is the wrong time. And, but I do think that it should be something that should be considered. We should take our time to it. I think time has run out and uh, it's difficult because, you know, the season hasn't been decided on merit. You know, that is really, really difficult for three of the clubs, you know, so it is. But this is challenging times. This is un- times that we've never been there before. You know, I think we just got to make the best of, of what we have and be creative and, and find a way of bringing this wonderful game that we all love back to the fans, whether it's on television at first, hopefully then in the stadium and not to distant future. I mean, Hugh, that does look like a real issue, the fact that the season is meant to start on the 1st of August. There's still reconstruction proposals or innovation papers being floated at this point when clubs are starting back training this week. The likes of Hearts and Inverness, who would be in the top flight come the start of August, if this proposal went through, would need to know right about now because they'd need to sort out testing they'd need to sort out getting back to training it does seem like with every day that, that goes on that it's less likely that it's going to happen Roy is one of the most sensible men in Scottish football a man for whom I have the utmost respect uh, and if he thinks it's not for Ross County fair enough and if that is the view of the majority of clubs fair enough I'm a democratic guy if the vote goes against the Rangers' innovation paper, tough luck. If it goes with them, we better get a move on. Democracy rules, though. 01419511025. More to come after the travel. Super Scoreboard. With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Helping you return to action. Talk to thompsons.com. Hugh Keevans is joining us from home. It's me, Andrew McLean, in the studio. And if you want to join us as well, 0141 951 1025 is the number. We've been touching on reconstruction, but there was a couple of other 
uh, topics over the weekend to certainly look at. Rangers have completed the signing of 20-year-old Calvin Bassey on a pre-contract deal, so they'll pay a compensation fee to Leicester, believed to be in the region of around £200,000. He's predominantly a left-back, but can play at centre-back as well. He was playing for Leicester's under-23 side down south, becomes their second signing of the summer after Yanis Hadji. Not a player we know too much about, Hugh, but certainly an area they need to cover with the likes of Andy Halliday and, and John Flanagan leaving. Yeah, um, I'm just counting now how long it will take for the first Celtic supporter to say they're in better off signing Shirley Bassey. But we're waiting till Calvin gets here and see what he's made of because all transfers contain an element of risk. All transfers. Any manager will tell you that. But more so at this particular time for Celtic and Rangers because they're heading into a season that will start in silence because there'll be no people inside the grounds. But by the end of the season, people will be back inside the grounds and the temperature will be the equivalent of molten lava. So whether it's Calvin Bassey or anyone else, next season for those who are at Celtic and Rangers will be one for big hearts, strong minds and an acute appreciation of what's at stake, Andrew, because... Ten in a row might mean nothing to anybody outside Scotland, but it's our main domestic squabble, and it means an awful lot to the people who live here. This loophole that, that Rangers have used that is uh, the sort of compensation, managing to get out of contract younger players from English clubs, the cross-border uh, compensation fee, we've seen it used a lot here in Scotland, especially by the likes of uh, Celtic and Rangers, um, you know, I think Joe Aribo last summer, Rangers managed to get him for a very small fee. Moussa Dembele at Celtic is uh, an example of it, obviously earning them nearly £20 million after that. A couple of good examples there, but then there's the likes of Joe Dodu, who also went from Leicester to Rangers, didn't work out for him. Kundai Benyu went from Oldham to Celtic. So, as you say, there is a, a real element of surprise because these players haven't had too much first team football. It's hard to know what to expect. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with Rangers going down this route and trying. As you say, it's been successful for Celtic. Uh, Rangers spent £7.5 million on Ryan Kent last season. Monumental money for Rangers at this particular time. Uh, and he started well, but could not prevent Celtic from running away from Rangers in the end. So as I say, next season, when it starts, hopefully on the 1st of August... It's going to be massive for Celtic and Rangers, absolutely massive. Big hearts, strong minds. And whoever has signed and under which set of circumstances, whether you've paid big money for them or you've gone down the Calvin Bassey route, whoever has signed, they had better be up for this battle because it will be a battle unlike any other. Because I was about to say, there's a, I was about to say it looks as if it could be a low-risk type of signing, but do you think because of what is at stake this season, there's there's no low-risk signings? No low-risk signings. They must all hit the ground running. They must all make a contribution. As I say, 10 in a row means nothing to anybody outside Scotland, but 10 in a row is the sun, the moon and the stars to the Celtic and Rangers supporters in Scotland. And that's what matters to... Everyone at Ibrox and everyone at Celtic Park. 01419511025 on the phone line. Scott is a Celtic fan in Barmullock. Scott? Evening, guys. Just, just wondering which made Rangers change their minds so heavily on um, having a team involved in the lower leagues in Scotland. 
when they weren't particularly keen on having their reserve team in the reserve league, um, obviously the Premier Reserve League, um, will it be, in my opinion, would be professional players, full-time professionals, playing at a lower level just because either a, they were on their way up in the game or either injured or whatever. Now, I'm only I'm only asking why, because I know this maybe isn't the exact same, but I ran a, a Saturday morning team and I started in the bottom division of that. And generally, you find players in the bottom division of any league are generally either on their way down from having a very good career or basically not got the ability. I'm just wondering why all of a sudden Rangers think it would be great to have a team at that level, considering they didn't want it two years ago. Well, I think it's a very simple answer to your question, Scott. They went down one particular road and then, having had time to see how that worked out, thought, nah, this isn't a great idea for us. Let's try something else. Have they actually said that? Or are you surmising no, that? I'm surmising that, yeah. Well, I, I can't understand then why they would get... They, they, they've made great pains of this in their, um, in their, um, um, their own club scene and stuff like that, their own website, how good it was going going to play against the top quality players like quality teams like Feyenoord and play teams like that. Um, I, I just don't get it. They went to want to play top-class European opposition to all of a sudden they're going to play. And, by the way, this is no way detrimental to the teams, but third division teams in Scotland. But, Scott, is the difference here not that the, the teams that these Celtic and Rangers B teams have become against are... It's a competitive league. It is a fully competitive league where there's promotion, there's relegation, there's things at stake. So you'd think in under-23 football and reserve football that, you know, players maybe aren't giving 100% at all times because there's not so much at stake, whereas if they're playing in fully competitive leagues against, you know, senior professionals, that will maybe be better for their development. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just asking the question why all of a sudden they've decided that they didn't think it was good enough to do what they were originally doing. Just wonder. Is there, is there another uh, motive? To, to, I mean, be, to be fair, Scott, I think that this is something... If you get to the Championship, you can't get promoted. So where, again, where is that going this is the Scottish scepticism here. Scott's given us the, is there another motive for this? You know, I mean, what, what's the great mystery here? They went down one road. It wasn't a good road. It wasn't in Rangers' best interests. And now they've come up with another idea. That's your prerogative. That's my prerogative. That's Andrew's prerogative. You can change your mind and go down another road. Why do you think Celtic are for the idea, Scott? Well, Celtic came out and said that they're behind it. Well, Celtic have agreed. That's the reason why they're going back to you, because again, you've just said yourself, you surmise that Rangers are doing it that way. Well, we're led to believe that Celtic are backing this proposal. But an yeah. another thing, Scott, is that th this isn't something that has just arised out of nowhere. Celtic and Rangers have both been behind the scenes. Celtic and Rangers, both behind the scenes, have talked about this idea previously. The likes of Craig Mulholland at Rangers, it was Chris McCart at Celtic, who are head of youth development at both sides, they have both previously talked about this idea. It's not something that's just come out of nowhere. I, I never said it did come out of nowhere. We've been talking about this 40 years ago, 50 years ago, when the, the quality state kids were kicking about. And Celtic wanted to put a team into the bottom division. I'm just asking why all of a sudden now Scottish foot, or, or, well, Rangers have obviously put the plan, the, the plan out there, um, is why, why the bottom teams will now accept it now. Well, that, that will go. I'm just asking a question. No, but it will go to the vote. Nothing happens without a vote. So if the clubs don't want it, the idea's dead in the water. See why then? Answer, answer me this question, then, Hugh. In your in your experience, right? 
You ask any, any subdivision team uh, supporter, do they know any under-21 players at Celtic Football Club or Rangers Football Club? Ask them 20 years ago, they heard, uh, sorry, 40 years ago, where they heard the guys like Vic Davidson or Danny McGrain or Kenny Dalglish or George McCluskey or guys of that, that ilk are going back in the Rangers sort of thing like Wally Johnson. People are. I'm just asking, what, what would be the driving thing for them now? They're, they're probably going to see 10 or 11 players out of 11 one will make the first team at Celtic Park. I'm just asking, what would be the drive for the third division teams to accept that, apart from them getting 200 tickets sold for them? Yeah, well, exactly. If they don't want it, they can reject it. You know, I mean, I can't put myself into the 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 mind set of the Peterhead chairman or the Annan Athletic chairman. But if they don't want it, they don't need to have it. If they are sceptical, as you are sceptical, then reject it. They're not being held at gunpoint. If they don't want it, don't have it. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of these proposals and the way that, that things are working, that everyone will have their say, Hugh. No one's being forced into this. No one's being backed into a corner and, and made to accept this. A, a club, in this instance, Rangers, have come up with what they describe as their innovation paper. Now is the time for innovation. Now is the time for thinking of ways to keep Scottish football afloat and vibrant when confronted by the worst crisis ever to hit the game. If you're Roy McGregor and you've made an articulate case for saying, look, it's an idea worthy of consideration, but it's too late now. We're too close to the start of the new season and we must have a fixture list ready. That's fine. As I said to you, I'm a democratic guy. If the majority don't want it, we don't get it. Well, thank you to Scott in Barmulaka. Another point for the weekend, Hugh, that I was wanting to touch on as well. We talked about the nominations for the Scottish Football Writers Association Awards. The Manager of the Year and International Manager of the Year Awards were handed out at the weekend. Neil Lennon is the Manager of the Year. Did you have a vote yourself, Hugh? Yeah, I uh, voted for Neil Lennon because, uh, for me, he met all the criteria uh, he performed all the principles of good management in the season gone by. Uh, when Rangers were breathing down his neck in December, uh, he went away, had to think about it, come back with a different style of play and ran away from Rangers. When he brought in a great player like Odson Edward, he made a great player a terrific player. And when he had a serious problem with Lee Griffiths off the field, he handled that and he made Lee Griffiths a real contributor. For me, he was the undoubted manager of the year. And uh, I like Gordon Strachan's comment where he said that Neil Lennon could have been finished if it hadn't all worked out for him. And he's right. He made a bad career choice going to Bolton. He was involved in Sorry, a Sorry, I'm going to have to cut you off there because that is the end of the show. We'll be back tomorrow night. Roger Hanna joining me in the studio. Super Scoreboard. With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Your comeback is on. Talk to Thompson's.com.